for our series. We've talked about uh, several things, six to be exact so far. Spiritual health, physical health, mental health, emotional health, relational health. We even talked about financial health. And today we're going to talk about vocational health. And that, that I could talk about work, and most of us work. Some of us are college is our work. Uh, some of us are children and being at home and doing all the work that's there is our work. Really want to talk about work in the sense of a, more of a spiritual level. I want to talk about dreaming. I want to talk about having a dream. When I was a kid, I had a dream. I had lots of dreams, but I mean like a dream for my life kind of dream, not just when I was asleep. Um, a lot of times I was just, you know, trying to keep the dream alive, hitting the snooze button one more time, you know. I have a record of nine times, I think. Um, when I was a kid, I had a dream of going on tour with my dad. My dad was a... a Basically, a gospel preaching comedian. Um, he was uh, ventriloquism was his medium. And uh, when I was getting to be old enough to realize that you know, 16, 17, right, senior high school, you're starting to think about what am I going to do for my life? Like everybody's asking you, what's so, up? Going to college? What are you doing? It's like just so you know, I mean, that's like the worst. No one wants to hear that question because it's like, I mean, if you know what you're going to do, it's a great answer, right? It's, yeah, Harvard, I've got, I'm going here, and that, you know, you've got your list out. Um, if, if you're not, then it's like, well, sinking community college for a couple years, you know, and then it like drags out into five other things, because you really don't know. You know, and part of that is you just, you don't have a dream. God, you haven't sought God, you don't have a God-given dream. So I had this dream uh, that I would go on tour. It's not really tour, it's like Sunday church um, around the county, but okay, for me it was going on tour. With my dad, you know, and I, I, he taught me some vent I, I learned when I was little and I was going to go to college, get my degree, you know, make sure I'm all legit, do the vent stuff with him and, and all of that. And that was my dream. Um, but in the at the end of my first semester of college, um, my dad had some complications with a surgery and we, we got a phone call on a Thursday morning saying you need to you need to come down here right now. And, you know, by the time my mom got there, he was gone. And my dream was crushed at that point. I'm not sure if, I don't know if I can say that that's when I stopped dreaming. You know, I, I, I was playing the drums and some guys in college, you know, were putting together a rock band. And we, we kind of had the rock band dream that you have when you're that age and that. But it, it didn't take long, really, for that dream to get crushed. And, and that happens, right? It happened over and over for me. And, and so fast forward 25 years, right? I don't know if Andre's in here or not, but I, I go to lunch with Andre. Andre calls me and he says, let's, let's do lunch, man. I, I want to talk to you, man. Let's have lunch. And he's a young guy, right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, Andre, let's meet for lunch. So we meet over at Posa's and, and he's, he says, so Rob, I love Andre. There you are right there. Love, Andre. Love his passion and his heart. He's like, so Rob, tell me, you know, what are you dreaming? You know, what are you thinking about for the Grove? He's all excited, you know. And I'm like, in my head, right, I'm, I'm, I'm old. Right? I'm 48. I don't act 48, but I am. And uh, I, I'm just staring at him like, 
you know, I don't know, did I tilt my head, a little head tilt maybe? And I'm just thinking in my head, I'm not really dreaming anything for the Grove. I'm thinking I'm going to have to do whatever it takes, like set up the projector, you know. I I hope, I have hopes, right? I I hope that um, we'll create a church that we can invite non-Christians to, and they'll enjoy it. I hope that God shows up and does awesome things. I have hopes, but Andre, really, I don't have any dreams. I don't have any dreams. When I was preparing this message and looking at this aspect of it, I realized that I have lost I lost my desire to dream. I don't think I lost my ability to dream, but I lost my desire to dream at some point. You know, and I know that a lot of you in this room are in that same space. You've lost your desire to dream. You, you know, you may have had that dream. You might be having that dream right now. Maybe you're in college, uh, you're going to college, that type of thing. You, you have a dream. You've just started a great job. You're, you're looking forward. You have this dream. But there are these things called dream crushers. That's what I'm calling them. <laughs> these dream crushers that come in and they crush your dream. And when that happens enough times, you lose your desire to dream. Right? So, so what, what can we do about that? What can we do to keep our dream alive? I, and I know this is true for me because Lori, <laughs> my wife, I love her. She bought me this T-shirt when we were going on this cruise. This, and, it, and you probably may not be able to say it. it says, "Keep the dream alive." Right? This was me. This was me. Just hit the snooze again, and I can keep my dream alive. You know, if that's where you're at, God has bigger and better for you, and He wants more for you. But the question is, how do we deal with that? So fortunately, in the Bible, there's, it's a hugely well-known story. If, you, I, you know, if you're a Christian, you've heard this a thousand times. If you're not a Christian, I mean, you've, you've heard it, right? It's the story of David and Goliath. So in this story, David faces four dream crushers before he ever meets Goliath. But that he demonstrates for us how we can face the dream crushers and engage the dream giver, and we can keep our desire to dream, and we can see our dreams fulfilled. So I'm going to take you through that today, and we'll take a look. But I, I need to set up the story a little bit for, for David and Goliath. Let me get a drink Dreaming is, uh, before we go there, I just want to tell you that dreaming is, is, is a God-given gift. In 301, Discovery 301, which is something we do for the Grove on uh, the third Sunday of the month, we talk about putting your personality type together with your gifts, with your passion to determine your purpose. And that's a, that's a God-given dream. And um, Napoleon himself said that imagination rules the world. And Einstein said, Einstein says, imagination is more important than knowledge. So when we talk about dreaming, we need to dream. We need to dream. We need to have that vision. So let's, let's jump to, to David and Goliath. So this story happened, uh, I think, 3,000 3, years ago, but it's relevant to us today. It's 
relevant to us today. King Saul, he was the king at the time, king of Israel. Um, he had heard that the Philistines, it's a neighboring city, they're, they're coming down to, to war against Israel. So they meet in this valley. Um, and the, the issue is this, is that uh, Israel's on this cliff, right? And uh, the Philistines are on this cliff, and there's a valley. So no one can really go first because whoever goes first is going to die, right? So they, they're camped out forever on, this, on these two hills. And the, the situation is this. Um, Goliath, uh, the, the Philistines get tired of it first, and then, and then they say, um, let's do single, single combat. And this is a known thing in, in, that, in that world. We'll send one guy. You send one guy. Whoever wins, uh, wins this whole battle. And we'll submit to you. If your guy wins, you submit to us if our guy wins. So they send this huge guy, Goliath, um, down in the valley. Let's, it's in the, book, in the book of 1 Samuel 17. So it's kind of in the left side of your Bible. Um, Samuel was the religious leader at the time. And Samuel um, documented this historical account of this event. All right, so 1 Samuel 17, 1-7. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war. They occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley in between. A champion named Goliath from Gath came out of, uh, of the Philistine camp. He was a giant of a man. So one translation says nine feet tall. Another translation says seven feet tall. The reason for the difference basically is that um, it's documented in cubits. He's six cubits in a span. And so at the time the translators were translating, they didn't have Google so that they could go look it up and find out what that actually is. So some of them, you know, if they only had Google, it'd be right. Um, so he's, I'm just kidding. He has, he was, we'll say seven to nine feet tall. Um, he had this bronze helmet, a coat of bronze armor, the weight over 125 pounds. So this is a big guy. He also wore bronze leggings. I, I don't know, I'm kind of picturing the 70s or whatever that was, the 80s, the 80s. But anyway, he had these bronze leggings um, and a huge javelin that the point weighed like 15 pounds. And so this guy's ready for hand-to-hand combat. Okay, and, he's, he, and there's a guy that goes in front of him and leads him down into the valley and, and he taunts, uh, the, berates the Israelite army. Uh, and he does that for twice a day for 40 days. Okay, and the Israelite army, you know, they didn't have like headphones so they could kind of block it out when it's, oh, it's 530. He's coming down. I got to, you know, put back in J-Lo, um, and, you know, they didn't, they didn't have that. So they, they have to listen to this guy um, for, for 80 times, basically, as he berates them. Um, <clears throat> okay, so no one on the Israelite side has the guts to go take him on. And then um, David, he's, you know, this kid comes out of the fields, you know, he's the shepherd, comes down. And he's like, why, why is anybody taking this guy on? You know, this is God, the, this is God the, the God of Israel's army down here. You know, why isn't anybody taking this guy on? And then he says basically to Saul, you know, I'm, I'm ready. I can go. If none of these guys will go, I'll go do it. Um, and then he goes down. They let him after some stuff. You know, Goliath is insulted. And then David goes, you know, when he goes down there and then David takes him out. Okay, that's the short version 
of the story. Okay, so the the key thing is this: um, before before David ever gets in, this is important. Okay, this I mean I have to give you the whole story, but this is really the important thing. It actually happens a chapter before in chapter sixteen. David. Um, is anointed, which is the selection, religious selection process of the day by, by Samuel, the chief religious leader of the day, to be the next king of Israel. So God is fed up with Saul because he's not being obedient. He's not listening, that type of thing. So David gets anointed king. Okay, That is a huge God dream handed to David. Here's your dream, David. You will be the next king of Israel. And what happened after that? Nothing. Right? He went back out to the fields, and that was that. For years, nothing happened after he was given this dream. And one of the dream crushers we face is delay. It's delay. Right? So, you're, so you, you, you take some time. You're praying, you're seeking God, and you, you get impressed. And uh, somebody, you know, Eric, you had this, right? You got impressed. We need to plant a church here in Santa Fe. How many years was it? Five, six years? Five? Five years, right? So just because we get a dream uh, this day, God says, here's your thing. It's that it's, we want it now. You know, they used to call us the microwave generation. We are, that's gone. We are the 4G generation now. Okay, I get it now. I'm waiting for the microwave going, a minute? Really? Couldn't they speed this thing up? Right? We want it now. And that's just not how it is. When God gives you a dream, um, it doesn't get fulfilled instantly. And that's the case for David. So you can see here in, in our passage in, in 1 Samuel 17, um, uh, the verse, do I have the verse there? Now, David was the youngest of Jesse's eight sons. He had three older brothers. They enlisted in the army, so they're there. And, um, and David was held back to care for the sheep. So, so one thing is dreams take a time to, to mature. God, get, get involved. You get prepared for what God has for you. And then the other thing is, and this is a dream crusher. Delay is a dream crusher. And sometimes it's because you're held back, right? Someone you love is holding you back. Sometimes you're holding you back, okay? I was handed a dream. God told me, basically, he wanted me to be a pastor, okay? I was holding me back because, frankly, I thought he was out of his ever-loving mind that I would actually do that. Are you kidding me? I mean, just that's frightening, Right? And that's how God-sized dreams are. They're frightening. They're huge. Right? You have to depend on God for it to occur. Right? So sometimes it's the, it, the delay is just because it's the delay. It takes time for a dream to, to develop, cultivate. Sometimes somebody's holding you back. So that's the first barrier to your dream is when someone holds you back. Some of us in this room are holding ourselves back, and some of us may be holding someone else back. You need to ask yourself right now, am I doing that? Am I holding me back? Am I holding someone else back? And you need to let yourself or them go. You need to let them, let it play. 
Give God a chance. Give God a chance. Okay? The next one is, um, the next barrier that we, we see um, is discouragement. So in this battle, right, this guy's come out 80 times and berated the Israelites, calling them cowards, I mean, the whole thing. 80 times he's done this, right? He has created a culture of fear, right? So there's, there's this whole fear thing going. Discouragement is, really comes out of fear, right? It comes out of fear. What happens is we, we say to ourselves, ah, uh, I don't think that, I'm not sure I can do that, right? We slump a little bit. We're like, ah, this is too big. And look at all the problems I'm having trying to accomplish this. I am discouraged, right? That's how that happens. The truth is that this, this environment, there's a ton of fear. There's a ton of fear. And we will face discouragement. Every, everybody will. We all do. Uh, because everybody around us is scared to death, especially when everyone around us is scared to death. And no one thinks we can do it. No one has hope. When discouragement is there, hope is gone. Hope is removed. Fear is present. Fear and hope, they, they are opposites in a lot of ways. Right? So Goliath created this climate of fear. And we can see it here in verses 8 to 10. Each day Goliath would stand and shout at the ranks of Israel's army. Why do you come... Why do you come out here and line up for battle? What are you doing? You know, choose one man to fight for me. If he's able to to kill me, we'll be your subjects. If I kill him, you'll be ours. Day after day, circle that. Day after day, Goliath taunted them saying, this day I defy the ranks of Israel. And when Saul, right, he's the king, and the Israelites heard this. Everyone was deeply shaken and paralyzed with fear. Right? So they're demoralized. They're gripped with anxiety. They're terrified. One version of the Bible translates they're paralyzed with fear. I mean, the situation is bad. And the, the issue here really is that they're all wrong. We find out later in the story when David gets on the scene, they're wrong. And I want to tell you, in your work life, in regards to your dream, there are times that conventional wisdom is wrong. I've fought several battles in my job where people said, no, it can't be done. And I said, why not? Why not? Why can't you do that? Well, because of this. Well, this is that. Well, yeah, but because of this. I mean, I was like, how many this do we have to get before we, we agree on the fact that you're wrong? We can do this. And if you do this, it will save us all of this time. And we can, be, we can have success. So sometimes when you're facing these, this dream crusher, you need to recognize that. Everybody's, everybody's freaked out. Everybody's paranoid around you. People are telling you, you can't do that. You shouldn't do that. You will never be heard from again if you go do that thing that you think God's telling you to do. You need to say, you know, Lord, if this is the dream you're giving me, this is the conventional wisdom i'm going to go with you because you can take care of all of this nonsense so we have to turn off the nonsense in our lives when we face discouragement 
right? Because the question really is, who are you listening to? Are you listening to all these people who are freaked out, poo-pooing your dreams, saying, you know, can't be done? Or are you listening to the Lord who's saying, look, I designed you for this, right? That's why you're here. I created you to do this. Do you really think you're not going to do it? Right? I mean, when you make something... And you, you know, whatever it is, picture, you're going to put it on. What if the, you put it all together and you're going to hang it on the wall? And it, just, and it talked to you and said, I just can't do it. Hanging on the wall, it's just, it's so scary. <laughs> right? Would you just like, shut up and get on the wall? Right? That's what I designed you for. Right? That's how God is with us. He designed us for that. He designed you to fulfill the dream he's going to give you for your life. Amen? I love God. He's awesome. Okay, so discouragement. Everybody's freaked out. Um, The verses are there. I'm going to skip those because we just were running out of time. So can we blow by those? They're in your notes. You can check them out. Um, His brothers question him. Right? He's getting a lot of discouragement. Let's go to the next one. Let's go to uh, disapproval. Okay? So disapproval, um, disapproval is another dream crusher. Okay, these are when this is this happens when people come to you and and they don't like what you're doing. Right? You've got your God dream. You're headed down. You how many of you experienced this? Right? And people come up to you and say, "I don't think you should be doing that. I think that's a bad idea. I'm not sure you really hear heard from God." You know, that type of thing. So the reason why most of us don't pursue our dreams is because we're afraid of disapproval. We're afraid of rejection. We want everybody to like us. Everybody in this room wants people to like them. You can say you don't, but that's not true. You're lying to yourself. We all want to be liked. Right? God designed us to, to love and to want to be loved. So this is very challenging to face that, to be able to say, I, I understand that you don't approve, but I know that this is what the Lord has given me to do. Okay? When Rick Warren was preparing to go to, to California, he called a guy, and said, an expert, said, hey, I believe God's calling me to start this church. I have no money, no members. I've never been a senior pastor, but I believe God wants me to do this. And the guy said, You're, no. Don't do that. If you do that, Rick, you'll never be heard from again. You'll quit ministry. Don't do it. So 20 years later, that same guy called him and said, that was the dumbest advice I had ever given in my life, right? Because he has one of the largest churches in America. And he's done great things. So for David, his example for us is found in verses 20, 20 and 29. And you can, you can hear the conversation here because these are, this is sibling rivalry. Right, we all we experience that unless you're an only child, and you're fortunate that you don't have this sibling. You have other things, but you don't have this one. The sibling rival thing, rivalry thing is kicked in here, and David is um, David is getting um, disapproval from his brothers. Why Why are you even here? <laughs> I'm the youngest. This sounds like my sister. Okay, why are you even here? Why aren't you taking care of the scrawny sheep? The little flock, you cocky little brat. I know how conceited you are. And, you know, he's, and he, he goes, well, now what did I do? Now what have I done? Can I even ask a question? So the question he's asking is, 
Why isn't anybody doing anything about this? Right? Why isn't anybody doing about this? Doing anything about this? So, so David's in that position of disapproval, right? So here's the thing: people know you, especially your family, and they know your weaknesses. The problem is when people are in disapproval, they're looking at your weakest weaknesses, not in God's strength. They're looking at what you can't do, probably won't be able to do because you're lame, right? You're not as good as me. I mean, there's all kinds of things that play into that. They're not looking at God and what God can do in your life, right? So you have to, you have to ask a different question. Here's your question. You ready? It's not an easy one. Is whose approval is more important to me? Is God's approval more important to me? Or is theirs? It needs to be God's. It's none of your business what other people think of you. It's all your business what God thinks of you. Right? The fourth one, we're going to jump down to doubt because I'm running out of time. So the, the fourth one here is doubt. Um, so we have delay, discouragement, disapproval. Now we're on doubt. Um, so in this scenario, David, is, David gets called by Saul to come into the tent because he wants to talk to him because he's mouthing off in front of everybody else out there. And he's like, you know, what are you doing? He's like, don't worry about it. You know, the verse is here. Don't worry about a thing, king. I can fight this Philistine. Okay, that's kind of like that. That's how the conversation goes. Um, he says, I can do it. And so the, the expert in war is Saul. And he says, all right, fine. I'm running out of options. Actually, I have no options but you. So here's my armor. Put it on. And this will happen in your God dream. You will have a plan. You, you, they'll, say, they'll approve your plan. They'll say, yes, I think God's good. You need to do it my way. Right? You need to do it my way. Here's the thing. That doesn't work. It doesn't work. You need to do your God dream the way God has designed you to do that dream. The giant in this situation is doubt. Because now the experts are telling me this isn't going to work. I need to do it their way, but I don't maybe I can't do this. Right? Fear. Again, fear. Each one of these giants really has a has a background of fear running all through them. Each one. And fear and faith are opposite, right? So I just want to tell this story because it's so funny. When Rick Warren wrote the book Purpose Driven Life, okay, this is the number one selling book in the world after the Bible. Okay, His publisher sent him a letter after he sent the book for a proposal and said, this will never work. No one's going to read 40 chapters. He framed it and has it in his office. Right? So the expert is telling him it won't work. God said, no, I got a book for you and I want you to do it in 40 days. Yeah, it'll have 40 chapters, but I want it to have 40 chapters. I'm God, so let's do it that way. Okay, so they did. And, you know, many, 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 many lives were changed. So those are the four things that, that were experienced. So, so how do we do it? How did David defeat these giants? Because really he did the same thing that he did with these four giants, what he did with Goliath. So let's jump to that and take a look. Okay, The first thing he did was he remembered how God had helped him in the past. Right? 
fear, discouragement, disapproval, doubt, all those things wash away when you say, no, 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 I, I, God helped me at this time. God delivered me this time. I, in, my off, in, in my job, I deal with, I'm an IT person, I deal with, I deal with things when, when it doesn't work anymore. Part of my job. We call them a severity one phone call. We get everybody on a call bridge and we're dealing with the issues. Okay? I've been there. Tw- people ask me, why are you so calm? And, and I, you know, I'm just like, well, here's the past. We have always succeeded in making things work again. So I, I, the odds are, I mean, probability, if I could have this and buy a lottery ticket, I'd be golden. Right. But, you know, I know I know that we're going to make it work. I've got, you know, and that's how it is. When we when we go back to God in our God dream and say, wait, 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 I've got all these giants here in front of me. God delivered me. God delivered me. God delivered me. So in the verse, you can see David says it this way. He says, in protecting my sheep as a shepherd, you know, in protecting my sheep, I have killed both a lion and a bear. The Lord delivered me. From the teeth of that lion and the claw of that bear. So surely now God will deliver me from the Philistines. I mean, he did it before. You know, he's young and naive enough to believe. (laughs) No, he had faith and confidence that God would do it. Right. He had faith and confidence. The second thing is this. We need. I use the tools that God has given me now. Now is the key word in that. I need to use what God has given me now. God, God didn't, that armor was not going to work for David. What did he do? He said, this is, you, you're ridiculous, Saul. This is not going to work. I can't even move in this. Um, the verse there, 38 and 40, then Saul dressed David in his own armor. David said, I can't go out in these because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Instead, he chose what? Well, he hit the tools he knows, his sling. Okay, this is not Dennis the Menace's slingshot. Okay. This is a sling. They actually were used for combat. Spinning this thing over his head, he could get a rock to travel over 115 feet per second. With the rock being the right size enough, it could have the stopping power of a 45 caliber weapon. I mean, slings and bows and arrows, that was all part of the deal. So really, David had quite the tool. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, stick with the, you know, it wasn't that. Right? So David has tools. You have tools. God equipped you with tools. And if you want to come to 301, I can help you find those. We'll, we'll go through it. You'll be like, oh my gosh, I didn't know. Wow, I can see my God dream because of what, what you show me here. Right? God has prepared you for a purpose. You need to use those tools. Okay? The next thing is this. The third thing is... Um, he ignored the dream crushers. So each one of those, you know, uh, delay, disapproval, discouragement, doubt, he ignored all that. He just ignored it. He said, yeah, yeah, I, I'm going with God. God's always been there for me. God always works in my life. I have a God dream and God is going to work and he's going to deliver us. Okay, so if if, you're, if we're done talking, I'd like to go fight the giant. I mean, really, kind of that's Dave, where David is at, Right. You got to ignore the dream crushers in your life, and 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 this is this is the way to do it. How you do it is is found actually later in the book of Samuel, chapter thirty, verse six. Six. 
when others were speaking against him, read it. David encouraged himself in the Lord. Right? That's how you ignore. You encourage yourself in the Lord. I'm going to listen to the Lord. I'm going to go. I'm going to do what God says. And I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. Right? The last thing is this. The fourth thing that David did. Um, he expected God to help him. For God's glory. And the verse here, David, David shouts back at Goliath. It's awesome. You come at me with a sword, a spear, a javelin, and your big, ugly armor. No, that's not there. But I come at you in the name of the Lord Almighty. Today the Lord will conquer you. Not me. The Lord will conquer you. And the whole world will know that there is a God and everyone will know that the Lord doesn't need weapons to rescue his people in this battle and in ours. And the Lord will give you to us for the Lord's glory, which makes sense, right? When you make something and you put it up on the wall, people come and say, that's so beautiful. Did you make it? And you say, yes. And they say, wow, you're really talented. Right? When we're out... It sounds weird, right? Okay, fine. But when I'm out there today, okay, it's my birthday. God created me on this day 49 years ago. I, I came to being. Um, I was born, right? Actually, nine months ago. Okay. So, but you get, the, you get the concept, right? And I am right now, I am doing what God designed me to do. This was his purpose for me, was to be here today sharing this with you. So, do I get the glory for that? No, God gets the glory for that. God designed you guys are going to leave here, hopefully with this information saying, I'm encouraged in the Lord. God, I haven't dreamed anything for a while. When was the last time I had a God dream? When was the last time I dreamed at all? Right? Look, you're here for a purpose. You're here for a reason. God, God wants to do something in your life, in you, through you. And as you will see, it will bring glory to him, which means, you know, you can kind of count on the outcome. You can have some faith in the outcome. Philippians 1, 6, I don't have this in my notes. You just write it on your paper. Philippians 1, 6, 1, 6 says this. It says, um, he who began a good work in you will complete it. So, he who began a good work in you. It's him. He does the work in you. And he will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Wow, you mean like I'm not responsible for making this happen? Was David responsible for making this happen? He showed up and said, what is going on here? This, thing, this can't be right. God, don't you want to intervene? Oh, you want me? Okay, fine. Let's do it. Let's do it. Right? And you partnered with God. And by partnering with God, he had success. And God did an incredible thing. And when those Philistines split after David, after Goliath hit the ground and they were running back, they told their people, there is a God in Israel. And God wants to do that in your life. And he wants people who, who look to you 
who see you to say, there's a God in that person's life. Look at what's happening. Look at how calm they are. Look at how nice they are. Look at how they love. Look at how they care. What's going on there? Because God wants to save more people. And there are people here today. You're here and, and you don't know. You, you, you haven't engaged in a relationship with Christ, with Jesus, right? Didn't talk about him much, but really this is a relationship between you and God. And that's through his son, Jesus Christ. And he wants that relationship with you. Because whether you know it or not, he has a God dream for you. He has a dream for your life. He put you here, especially today, in this room so that you could hear this. So that you could consider what he can do in your life. And I want you to know, I just want you to know, when I stepped into my God dream, the dream he had for me, and I started walking in it, I want to do this. More than anything else, I want to do this. I love it. I love it. And it's because I'm doing what I was designed to do. So, I mean, let's just, for privacy, let's just uh, take a moment to close our eyes and, and um, you know, bow your heads if you like. You know, I just want to invite you, if, if you've not given your life to Christ, if you've, if you've not engaged in a relationship with God so that you can talk to him and find out, what, what, what do you have for me? What is this about? If you, just raise your hand and I'll, I'll talk you through the process of engaging with Christ. We'll, we'll pray a simple, simple prayer to invite him into your life so that you can communicate with him. Just lift your hand. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Thank you. All right. So for those of you that, that raise your hand, I, I'm just going to, you'll just like repeat after me. Everybody in the room will say this so it's comfortable. Um, and we're just, basically it's simple. It's a relationship. Just like you and anybody else, it's a relationship. So it's the same thing. You talk to God. Like you talk to your sister, or your mother, your dad. Nicer, but you talk to him the same. It's a conversation. That's all it is. Right? So, so let's, let's have your first conversation with the Lord. Ready? So just repeat after me. Father God, I don't know what this is about fully. But Lord, I, I want to dream again. Lord, put your dreams in my heart. I invite you into my heart. Do a work in me and bring it to completion. Forgive me of my sins, the things I've done that weren't weren't good. I need something to do with that. So Lord, I just I I give it to you. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for forgiving me. In your name, I ask these things. Amen. Amen. Let's just give a round of applause. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome.
So, so, so my challenge. I have a challenge, Eric. I have one. I have a challenge. So, do challenge this week, right? Because I don't want you to leave you with no homework. You know, even though it's spring break for some of you, I am the teacher that gives homework. Okay. Do you have homework? Take a step forward in finding your God dream. Okay? Take a step forward in finding your God dream. And I have a step, right? This is where it really starts. Dare to dream. Dare to dream again. The dream crushers will be there. But you have tools. You have things. Now, the steps that you can take, encourage yourself in the Lord. Each one of those things that you can do to Live your dream. Okay, so that's my challenge. Who's up for it? Are we up? Praise the Lord. Amen.